You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. So the Knicks dismantled the Hawks in Atlanta Wednesday night, 122-101. Heading into the All-Star break on a really high note. Uh, the Knicks led by as much as 16 points in this. Uh, they led by 16 after the first quarter. They led by as much as 24 in this game. Jalen Brunson, another master class. Uh, he had 29 points, shooting 10 for 19, absolutely barbecuing uh, the, the Hawks star backboard of John Jay Murray, who had most of the assignment on him in that game, and Trey Young. Both guys had subpar performances. Julius Randle had 25 points and 11 boards in this one. RJ Barrett had 17 points in this game. And the Knicks had another awesome, awesome contribution from their bench. You had Josh Hart, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly all uh, putting up double figures and points in this one. Um, Every guy in the Knicks had a plus, minus, plus in this one, which is rare to see in the NBA, but that's how dominant the Knicks were. Everybody contributed. Uh, The Knicks held Atlanta to just five make threes in the entire game. 19% from behind the arc, shooting from three. So you talk about the Knicks three-point defense, something that we talked about a lot throughout this season they did the job on Wednesday night so I'll, I'll ask it we started right here Tommy with why did the Knicks handle Atlanta so easily in this one um, because it was a thorough domination pretty much for the entire game to borrow a phrase from uh, Mr. Jalen Brunson the vibes are immaculate in New York right <laughs> now and and we'll zoom out and and take a 3,000 foot view of the of the of the uh, kind of the big picture of the Knicks heading into the all-star break and a lot of lot, lot of good vibes, but it, it, focusing on last night, um, I still think we start with Mr. Brunson um, as we have, um, as we as we should with with nearly uh, with most victories, uh, especially right. late. Um, R.J. Barrett outscored the Dejounte Murray Trey Young backcourt by himself last night. Are you talking about uh, 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 it was uh, Brunson who did that? Jay, I'm sorry, Jalen Brunson yeah. outscored the Trey Young Dejounte Murray backcourt by himself last night. Um, you know, he had 28 points on 19 field goal attempts. That is Brunson, while as Murray and Trey Young had 25 points on 26 attempts. Um, and yeah, just you know, set the pace early. Um, you know, got got a couple good got got a couple good looks early on. Um, we know uh, Julius Randle came out hot, set the tone, yep. and the Knicks never really looked back. Um, we saw the bench come in and and do what they do. Um, you know, just just really encouraging sign. I looked at the numbers this morning. Uh, in the three games since Josh Hart's arrival, um, so the three games uh, that uh, the, the the Knicks previous three games, obviously they're three and zero now. Um, the Knicks bench unit ranks first in the NBA in offensive rating. Uh, they lead the NBA net rating. They're outscoring their opponents by twelve point six points uh, per one hundred possessions. Um, so when you have a great starter. In, in, in Julius Randle, a great bench combination. IQ continues to play well, flies under the radar, but just does everything. Yeah. You know, just a superstar and what the Knicks ask him to do, you know, excelling in his role. Isaiah Hardenstein continues to be a monster on the glass, um, had 11 more rebounds last night. And then you get that extra. Obi Toppin chipped in with with three three pointers last night. Um, That was good to see. And then you get that extra um, to kind of put it over the top, that physicality, that aggressiveness, and that all-around versatility that Josh Hart brings to the table. Knock down three more three-pointers. Some assists, some steals, um, playing passing lanes, just, you know, kind of doing those Josh Hart things. Um, and then again in the third quarter, when things got a little tight, got within 11, I think, at, at, at one point yeah. in the third quarter, and the Knicks are having trouble offensively. Julius Randle bullies down low, two offensive rebounds, two putbacks. Um, just the physicality that he 
imprints on the game night to night, night in, night out. He's played every game for the Knicks. Um, you know, hasn't worn down, continues to be a beast. Um, uh, you know, just just really encouraging. And then, you know, the cherry on top, the kind of store, the, the, the straw that stirs the drink is, is Jalen Brunson. We've said it time and time again. Um, over his last, uh, you know, 25 plus points in nine of his last 10 games. Over his last 20 games, Brunson's averaging 30 points. 5.6 assists, 4.3 rebounds, while shooting 51.8% from the floor, 46% from downtown. Um, you know, that's not a week. That's not two weeks. That's not a month. That's 20, uh, 21 games, actually, dating back to wow. the start of January. Um, that is a lengthy stretch of the season, nearly a quarter of the season. Uh, Brunson is the first Nick to average 30-plus points while shooting over 50% from the floor over a 20-game stretch since Patrick Ewing, prime Patrick Ewing in 1990, kind of when he was at the peak of his offensive prowess. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, lots to like, lots to love. Um, but in this game in particular, you saw a little bit of everything that has pushed the Knicks now a season high tying six games over 500 heading into the All-Star break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I just love the mentality from the Knicks from the start. I mean, they were in attack mode. And uh, I think, you know, it's funny. Someone noted on on Twitter, I forgot who it was, but it might have been a New York basketball account. But Tibbs kind of uh, in the post game when he talked about kind of that start, he, he referenced R.J. Barrett several times. R.J. Barrett's jump shot right now looks broken. But I think R.J. Barrett, along with Randall, really set the tone with their physicality and their ability to just attack the rim. I mean, Barrett showed initially that he was going to just um, by hook or crook, whether it went good or poorly, he was going to be aggressive that night. And I think even though he was still erratic at times, I think that kind of set the tone for the entire team. I think Tibbs was on point with that because seeing him be that aggressive, I think, made everybody feel, okay, we got R.J. kind of back to what he was. Now everybody else gets more comfortable. Randall hitting those threes in the first quarter. I tell you what, we're going to talk about him being in three-point contest. If they find a way to come somehow, like, manipulate the clock at Utah to make it look like it's the first quarter when he does his three-point shootout, he might do really well. I know a lot of people aren't really picking him right now and don't think he's going to be there. But if they say, hey, this is the first quarter, Julius, then, look, he may go out there and shoot like Clay Thompson or Steph Curry. But he came out there, buried two or three threes in the first quarter. Um, again, showed the physicality and aggressiveness. And <laughs> – What's now becoming scary about this team is now Brunson can ease into games because it wasn't like in that first quarter he was coming in immediately looking for his shot. He kind of let RJ try to figure himself out. He let Randall kind of handle the show. And Brunson kind of was, you know, he picked his spots. He had a couple of shots, but he he was not trying to, you know, impose his will. You think a guy averaging 30 points for the last three, four weeks would say, all right, you know, I'm getting mine against these guys, especially, you know, two competitive guards he's going against Trey Young and Jonathan Murray. He didn't do that. It allowed himself to ease his way into the game, and then he started to take over in the second quarter, and then he started to have a big night. So um, the fact that the Knicks now have this kind of firepower where they can rely on several guys to provide for them, whether it be in the starting lineup, whether it be on the bench, it's really good to see. And I issued the challenge essentially yesterday. I said, you know, put it on the line that the Knicks should handle this team. I didn't think that the Hawks really were in the Knicks class when you looked at just the rosters and the way both teams are playing. And I said, this is no reason why Knicks shouldn't beat this team. 
And the Knicks going out there and playing that way, with playing with that kind of um, uh, sense of urgency after the game, Nate McMillan said that his team just didn't have nearly the amount of effort and physicality needed to beat the Knicks that night. He said it was just, we just didn't show up uh, and play a coward basketball need to beat a team that's that good. And the fact that you have teams like the Hawks, who we look at as talented teams, saying that, hey, if we play anywhere below our normal effort, we're going to get blown out, which is essentially what Nate McMillan is saying. That speaks to high praise and just to how good the Knicks are playing right now. Really awesome performance. I don't want to uh, gloss over, like you mentioned, Hardenstein, because, again, his physicality on the glass, it is really weird because – he, he still is kind of being used not correctly, but he really has morphed into the role that Tibbs wanted him to be. Um, a, a, just a, a dirty work blue guy, a guy who's going to attack the offensive glass, um, attack the defensive glass with aggression, throw his body around. I mean, that block he had on a Kongu, uh, another underrated moment of that game, might have been the block of the season for the Knicks. I mean, a Kongu can absolutely fly, and he met him at the rim and just completely rejected his shot. Awesome play by Hartenstein. Josh Hart continues to impress. Toppany quickly, also phenomenal. Just all, all, no notes, as they would say. All good stuff from the Knicks in this one. Really, really awesome performance. A couple things to touch on what you mentioned. Um, Nate McMillan, we may have seen the last of this. That may have been the last game he coaches in Atlanta. I wouldn't be surprised if he <laughs> yeah. come back after the break. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Trey Young quoted after the game, we need a break. We, we definitely need a break. Um, you know, and just it didn't look like a team that was ready to compete. It didn't look like a team that was willing to match the physicality and the aggression that the Knicks brought to the table. So on the flip side, I'm going to compliment Tibbs, you know, the, the, yeah. his coaching counterpart. Um, he talked about having making sure the team didn't take a break before the break. You know, they'd won a yeah. couple games. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he was he was insistent that they come out with the correct physicality, the correct you know mind frame, and they attacked correctly, and and that's what they did, you know. So credit to the team, credit to the coach for having them in that mind space to not because you can you know they won a couple games in a row, maybe we relax, we're ready, you know. Yeah. This is kind of you know this is house money we're playing with in Atlanta, um, but as we know, every game counts, especially when you're trying to jump up into that five six seed. This puts greater distance between the 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 Knicks and the Hawks for that eight seed. That's why you thought Atlanta would come out aggressive if they yeah. want to make a real run at the seven seed, let alone the five or six as the Knicks, which is within the range of possibilities given their talent. Um, this was an important game, but it just one in which they didn't have a chance. They didn't stand a chance yeah. right from the very start. Um, speaking on RJ, you brought up. Um, I thought that. Best play from Barrett last night, and there weren't there the, the good plays were few and far between, um, especially in the first half. Not only you know he missed his first six three pointers, he was also um, DeAndre Hunter had his way with him on on the yeah. uh, RJ was on defense. Um, that being said, third quarter RJ catches a corner three, catches the ball in the corner, and um, instead of shooting, immediately attacks the basket, um, ends up getting fouled, doesn't dunk it. But again, that kind of mind frame: if you're three pointers and falling attack the basket and impact the game positively because um, as we've seen, and now as we know, the Knicks have a lot of interchangeable parts there on the wing. Those 35 minutes a night that, that Barrett, that Barrett may have been, you know, essentially guaranteed over the first three years of his yeah. career. 
Those aren't up for those aren't given minutes anymore. Those minutes are yeah. earned. Um, we could see more Grimes, who again his, his his shot is still struggling, but um, you know, defensively just does a great job on Trey oh, Young. He was he was awesome on Trey Young. Awesome. Awesome, awesome on Trey Young. Just a, again, any you know, perimeter player, guard, point guard, two guard, having a guy like Grimes start out the game on him um is a is a great uh, boon for the Knicks. Um so yeah, there's just a ton to like um for, from what we saw Wednesday night in Atlanta. Yeah, I think that Barrett game was a game where you know you don't really have it and you got to do something for your team. And he found a way to contribute in some way um, by just being a Tasmanian devil, just putting his head down, going to the basket. He took those six threes. They were wide open, so yep. he had to shoot a lot of them. But, yes. I mean, his uh, his jump shot looks really bad right now. Like, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, I, I, I know last time I challenged Drew Hanlon, Hanlon actually helped him out, and then he started shooting the ball well. Maybe now I'll say again, Drew Hanlon, you know, figure something out. What the hell's going on with your boy? Because um, because I don't know how he was shooting so well prior to the injury. Now, it, it, like there were some shots last night where some of the worst shots I've seen him take from three wasn't like, even close. Really it, ugly. It, really it, ugly. It, yeah, what wasn't even close. Um, you sometimes guys just need a, a, a to step away, like we all do in in, yeah. a, in any walk of life. You know, um, just a couple days away, a week away from the grind that is the you know especially an NBA season. So um, he mentioned it. He said he was just kind of worn down physically, mentally kind of alluded to it in his post-game comments, um, which is clear, it's clear as day for, for anyone that's watching. So hopefully um, he gets a, you know, a nice little extended rest here, um, whether that's getting shots up with Drew Hanlon gym or just going to a beach somewhere and not thinking yeah. about basketball for five days. I'm not sure what would be more beneficial for Barrett. Um, but for the Knicks to kind of unlock, and we'll talk about kind of as we recalibrate where the Knicks are headed this season, they need you know, RJ Barrett to knock down those corner threes, to knock down yes, those open threes, um, to kind of, you know, especially when he's the lone starter with that second unit at the start of the second quarter, the start of the fourth quarter, um, you know, when he's more of an offensive focal point, they need RJ Barrett to be at least a league average shooter, you know, a, a, a scorer um, and, and contribute on the defensive end. So we'll see kind of what RJ Barrett returns after the break. Yeah. And I like, again, I like his drives. I mean, he made some really good left-handed drives. I mean, if you take away the threes, he was six for 10 from the field. I mean, inside yep. the two point arc, he, he was pretty good. It's you know, the three point shot was just so ugly. He's got to make those shots. And, and again, whether it is working with Hanlon or whether it is uh, time off, uh, he needs to figure out a way to, to get back. But um, the one thing I wanted to say before we move on is about this performance. And it kind of does lead us into this next conversation. Uh, the Knicks bench now is really becoming a weapon. I mean, when, when you have Emmanuel quickly now in the bench role, and what's great about quickly now is he really is a chameleon. Like he could do anything. <laughs> you could start him at point. You could start him at the two. You could have him play uh, off ball, off the bench. You could have him play on ball, off the bench. Like there was a time where, like, with a man quickly, where sometimes it was like, oh, if you try to make him play point guard, like his shot won't be there, and he'll he'll be too focused on trying to get the team involved, or he's too busy just looking for a shot. He'll play too selfish, and maybe his defense will suffer. Like, like Emmanuel quickly has gotten so much better this season. Like I don't, I don't. I don't even think the numbers really show how much better he is than he was last season in his rookie year. I mean, he's a he's a really good player. And be him being able to say, okay, Deuce is now on the bench. Now I'm the real point guard on the on the floor with those bench guys. And again, it doesn't matter. He it's like it doesn't matter what the role is, he's still gonna produce, he's still gonna give you a plus defense. Um with him topping, looking like he's getting his shot back now, too. And then Josh Hart again, phenomenal. Uh, his attacks to the basket always seem great. Um, that bounce pass that he threw to, to the hard sign, like I just was like, oh, 
beautiful, beautiful basketball. Like, he just makes simple plays. He makes fundamentally sound plays, and it's just great to see. He's a smart player. So uh, when the Knicks have a bench like this also, that when we talk about their ceiling, that gets you excited too because the last time Knicks had a really good season, that 2021 season, uh, their bench unit was phenomenal, maybe the best in the NBA. It feels like the Knicks are are getting to that area again. I'm not going to say they're going to be that good, particularly offensively, but just in terms of overall effort, defense, hustle, and some scoring ability, their bench is a weapon now, and, and that's and they just I mean they 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 detonated on on the Hawks in this game. I mean they really hurt them. Um, start that fourth quarter um, in the second quarter as well. Um, but let's talk kind of where we are now at the All Star break. So uh, after New York uh, won their game, the Nets beat the Heat. So the Knicks are in sole possession of the sixth seed. They are 33 and 27, a half game up on the Miami Heat for that sixth spot. And then now just two games back of the Brooklyn Nets for that fifth spot. The Knicks also got great news on the injury front. MSG's Alan Hahn said Wednesday night that Mitchell Robinson has been cleared for contact and they expected to rejoin the team after the All-Star break, which is huge news for the New York Knicks. Mitchell Robinson missed a month's time with a broken thumb. 